Hello. 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 Time. We're live on it... stereo and live on Twitch. Hello to everyone. And we have no echoes. No, because we, we, we are figuring it out. We've, we, are, we are becoming masters of this. This is awesome. This that up. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. Happy day before Mother's Day. Happy spring. Yeah. We're excited today. We are really excited, even though I'm also very tired. <laughs> we are very both excited. very tired. Uh, we we are. are both up late rereading part Getting one ready. of Passing and taking notes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, show them your, your books and your, yeah, your, <laughs> your books. Yeah. I um, think your notebook's much fancier. Copies. This is a nice little Amazon Basics. It was a two-pack, came with a green one and a black one, but it feels very luxurious. I like my nice lick feel. I like my lick, sh- whatever they're called. Yes, lick I know what you're talking tr- about. Trums. I like mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For writing, I like them. For yeah. for my my planner, it's the paper's too thin, but like uh, writing, it's perfect. Anyway, anywho, yeah. Yeah, what are so we doing here? That's the kind of nerds we are. We have um, specific notebooks for this project, for writing down notes and whatnot. So, um, if you are new here, Alyssa yes. and I have started a very fun reading project. Would you like oh, to please. tell them about it? So we um, started a project because we just had a conversation one day about this whole idea of passing and we just realized we both wanted to know more and we were absolutely geeked out about just the whole concept. What is, is it, what is it like to pass? What is it like to have had someone who passed? What is it like finding out that someone you're with is passing? Like there's just so many right. layers to it and so, so many good um stories and that we just wanted to read them all so we went one day and made a giant list and we are diving in first with passing by Noah Larson. Larson yeah so we are here to do the first ever actual bookish deep dive what do we want to call this <laughs> it is a deep dive right so yeah this is our second episode okay our first episode was an introductory to who we are um, and what the project is. So this is episode two, but the first episode where we start talking about passing. Please know that there will be spoilers. Okay, this is oh, not yes. just like a book review. We are. This whole project is about talking about the topic of passing racial identity. We are digging deep and talking about everything in this book. The book is in three parts. We're doing three episodes to discuss mm-hmm. each part. So just know that if you have not read Passing and you don't want to be spoiled, perhaps read at least part one and then come back and listen to this and yeah. then follow along with us for the next two conversations for part two and three. Yes, please do. It'd be nice to be interactive. Not that Naomi and I can't just talk to ourselves <laughs> for hours on end because we do that all day, every day. But um, now, now, see, we're going to take you through chapter by chapter and, and our thoughts almost page by page and as succinctly as possible yeah. to, to break down the story and what's yeah. going on and our thoughts um, while we're reading it, um, especially the second time through. Yeah. I will say that chapter three did not, did not get easier 
it just got slightly less shocking because I knew it was coming. Right. We'll get there later. But I was still shocked. It was like, like a hair's amount of difference of shocking. Right. Because I could prepare myself for it, but we will get to chapter three. Right. It's almost like when you taste something that wasn't very good and then you try Mm -hmm. it later, you're like, nope, still not good. Still still not good. good. Still don't like it. Yep. Still don't like it. I did all the things I could do mentally to prepare myself for it. Mm -mm. And nope. Still don't like it. Still not good. Still don't like it. So, yeah. Yeah. So where do you want to start? I mean, um, did you change? I know the only thing we've really talked about, we've also been hiding our thoughts from each other pretty much. So Which is very be, hard. Tell really them hard. Because Alyssa, it's very hard. hard. We talk to each other all day, every day. Sorry, I'm going to get comfier for this. And it's just been really hard to just not vomit out all of our thoughts because we do that with everything else we read anyway. Exactly. So it's just really hard. It so, takes a lot I'm, of restraint for us with this particular project because like she said, we read a lot of books together and we're used to talking about them as we're reading them. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that here or else it's like we've already had the conversation which we're supposed to be saving up for yeah. the live shows. So it's a little challenging. Yeah, we want like the real reactions. You want to see like the realness. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> so. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. I'm assembling more stationery. I know. We're trying to get our, <laughs> you know, things together here. So um, how do we want to do this? So, so do you want to start just at chapter one? So we have general thoughts. I think we each have a section that just talks about one of the characters, Claire, and, and yeah. the way that Claire is discussed. And then we have chapter by chapter, our notes. Yeah. So... so- my notes are broken down. When I read a page, if I see something I want to take a note on, I just in my notes do page whatever it is, and then mm-hmm. kind of talk about what the passage was, and then my notes about that passage. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how my notes are laid out. Okay. Mine are similar, uh, probably fewer page numbers, but they kind of follow along every so often. I write right. jotted jot down a page number, so you know I, there's reference points throughout, but. I'm also pretty highlighted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the text. So maybe we should just start right off at chapter one, because talking Let's about our it. general thoughts and, and anything about Claire is not going to make any sense until you know who Claire is. True. Right. So True. let's let's introduce Irene and Claire. Um, Irene and Claire. <laughs> Irene and Claire. So who <laughs> wants to talk? Well, so let's start. So, so Irene is, oh, should we, Irene and Claire were childhood friends. Okay. And so Mm -hmm. we are, what, some 12 years ahead of them being children and they're, they've lived separate lives. They have not really been in contact. And so this is where we are with where Irene is and where Claire is. Childhood friends. They haven't had any contact with each other and we're getting close to when they're going to have some kind of encounter. So this is what it's leading up to. Yes. So we, we open, it's, this isn't quite chronological though. Chapter no. one isn't before chapter two and chronologically, but we open with Irene receiving a letter from Claire and right. it's a lot of her thoughts about knowing it's from Claire and describing how nice the stationery is and, and right. 
how like foreign paper and all this. So you get this idea of Claire's this like wealthy, sophisticated, fancy, yeah, fancy sophisticated. lady. Mm-hmm. And there's and something they're actually about very her. showy. Mm-hmm. Very showy. Yes. It's very um look at me, look at me. Yeah. I want everyone to see me. Yes. She's definitely somebody who wants to be seen. Right. Down to her stationery, right? Like, look at my Down work. To Down station- to my stationery. Look at my stationery. Yep. Yeah. And and there's a lot of hesitancy from Irene. And I just feel like Irene gets, you get this, Irene's very timid, very timid, 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 <laughs> like, toes the line, like she's she's traditional she is doesn't take oh, risks yeah. like she oh, is yeah. irene is and you can get that from the beginning of the story but you remember do. irene is telling us all of this so everything right has to be taken with a grain of salt right because irene is telling this whole story exactly we need to keep remembering that we need we do need to keep remembering that we do um yeah <laughs> Which makes her somewhat unreliable. She's yeah, because because mm. you get you introduced to this idea that there's something between the two of them that makes Irene nervous of her. And nervous it's like, and why? extremely cautious. Yes, she's extremely cautious. Like when you receive a letter from an old friend, I don't think that you would initially think that that would be something where you put up the big you know caution sign. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of caution on this one page in these few paragraphs. She's yeah, so it's a very short hesitant. chapter. So yeah. hesitant. Yep. Yeah. So, and she goes on and on and on about this inner monologue about Claire and how she's dangerous and how she's always stepping on the edge of danger. So right. You, just, you get this very ominous sense of Claire before you ever even meet Claire. There's something. And I have that part highlighted because, so so let me read it. So (laughs) she says, this, she reflected, was a piece with all that she knew of Claire Kendry, stepping always on the edge of danger, always aware, but not drawing back or turning aside, certainly not because of any alarms or feeling of outrage on the part of others. So just that one little, you know, passage there, it's like, oh, I I think we're going to be in for something with Claire. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you get a letter from an old friend and this is your thought, this is where you go and you think about that person, mm-hmm. that's kind of saying a lot. But there's also this this magnetism. So it's, there's this fear, but Irene is just drawn to her aura, being. Her essence, her, her she's got that dangerousness. Yes. <laughs> Right. Or I don't know what. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and 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 as try as she might, she can't seem to get away from Claire. And I right. feel like there's always this tension of not yeah. wanting to be in the thrall of Claire, but being unable to escape Claire. And right. that goes throughout the entire text. I was getting ready to say, yeah, um, and we see that, and not ju- not just with Irene. Hmm. But with many people who come into contact with Claire. Well, they call her, I mean, probably a, like a few paragraphs later, they, they make the point of calling her cat-like. Claire Kendry is cat-like. And she is Was certain- that not perfect? 
Yeah, certainly that was the word which best described Claire Kendry. And mm-hmm. and she really is. And that's when I started writing down all the words that get to use to describe her. She's very, Same. there's this mysteriousness. There's a little bit of evil. There's a little bit of danger. There's a little bit of sexy. Right. There's a little bit of, of all of the things yeah. happening at once. Right. And sort of never which, knowing where you are. And with, with, with a person having all of that happening at once, it is overpowering and overwhelming for other people. Mm-hmm. It's a but lot you also to take can't, in. You can't stop looking at it. Right. Right. I just, <laughs> I want to see this movie too. Like I, oh, after reading this, I want it's to like blowing see out the sound. this in visual format. I just, I oh, need yeah. to. Oh yeah. It's gotta <laughs> be like so good. Like so good. I want to see whoever who I, which actress actually plays Claire because Claire I is don't, I'm not familiar with that actress. I saw her name. The girl that we're talking about that we like, the one that uh, narrates the audiobook, she's is that Irene? Irene. And I could totally see her as Irene. Yeah. What is so, her but name? I'm not Tess familiar something? with the act. Tessa something. If anybody watches Westworld, they'll they'll know who we're talking about. Tessa. Ah. Oh. You know what? We'll make a note of it. We'll put a link or something to the casting. It's it's just good. It's good. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so okay. she gets this I, letter, right? Yeah. We get introduced to Claire. Then we start getting more backstory of Irene and Claire. Right. Claire and Irene. Right. And they had two very different upbringings. You know, Irene mm-hmm. grew up very middle class. Um, and from what I gather, a, 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 a wholly black family, you know, complete, whereas Claire grew up very poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother died when she was young. Her father was white and he was a janitor. Uh, mm-hmm. So very different upbringings. Very, very different. And, and, and her dad's a drunk and, right. you know, where is, is a- this where we get the... Mean? Apparently very mean. And it sounds and I like I have a note here too. It sounds like Claire learned to survive because there's that whole scene. Is that here in this chapter where they talk about the little blue couch and no, yeah. and her taking that money so she could get her new dress for the picnic. Right. And how she she just doesn't care. Right. She she's right. he can rail and scream and do whatever he wants and she doesn't. She's getting what she wants and she doesn't care who stands in her way or what the punishments or repercussions are. She's going to achieve those things. And you can see that in her at a young age. Yeah, because where is that line? Because it's okay. Page one. So this is talking about. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. This is when she was sitting on that couch putting together that little frock or whatever and he's her father is just kind of like losing his mind being I guess the wonderful man that he is yelling and whatnot and it just kind of talks about how she just kind of like moves to like the edge of the sofa and just kind of continues on with what she's doing and my note was like I'm wondering if Claire is really afraid of her father I'm wondering um has she somewhat tuned him out and kind of like gone off into her own little world because these actions of his are so frequent 
And rather than her being afraid, she's instead maybe annoyed by them. And so she just kind of moves herself to the side and kind of like tunes him out and just goes off into her own world and continues her task of the day. So I'm wondering like where she falls in line with her father and his somewhat cruel behavior. Truthfully, I feel like she's she's moved. She's built an internal wall and it's just it's almost like it's noise and it's over there and she's here and when it tries to infiltrate her world she just moves away from it Mm, she doesn't care she's over it she is she's doing what she needs to do yeah and it's nobody else's business she doesn't want to hear you yeah claire is taking care of claire Right. Clear, clearly, the world is not going to take care of Claire. Nobody else is going to take care of her. She's going right. to find a way to survive. And I guess that makes sense too, because then just a few lines down, we're we're told that Bob Kendry died in a silly saloon fight, and mm-hmm. the way that <laughs> Larson describes Claire's um, reaction to seeing her father dead, you know she's you know she's 15 at the time and she's just standing there her lips pressed together her thin arms folded across her narrow chest she's just staring down at his familiar pasty white face with a sort of disdain and Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself you know I could almost see her not that she may not be sad but maybe less sad and more glad that she's rid of not just him, but this situation of poorness. And now mm-hmm. there's a, 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 a path has opened up for her to seek better and to yes. have better. All of what she is clearly have, has desired for a long time. Yes. Yes. And, and I think she, there's also some pent up rage there for the oh, years. For of, sure. Because she does, doesn't she begin to just start screaming or something yes. at some point? Here? Yes. And it and, and it's and it's it's like a release of. It says the outburst had ceased as suddenly as it began. It sounds like she just mm-hmm. lets it all out, and then it's almost yeah. like we're done. I'm leaving this baggage, and I'm moving on right. with my life. Right. Forget you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then we get into this is where they just describe her as cat like. And then she, yeah. Yeah. She lands on her years. feet. Yeah. Uh, the thing had more the appearance of an outpouring of pent-up fury than an overflow of grief for her dead father. Though she had been, Irene admitted, fond enough of him in her own rather cat-like way. And it says cat-like. Certainly that was the word which best described Claire Kendry. If any single word could describe her. Sometimes she was hard and apparently without feeling at all. Sometimes she was affectionate and rashly impulsive these are just this is when you read later on in this book like you see all of these descriptors of claire like playing out and i I wonder how how much her dad i'm just thinking about this now how much of her dad is how much of her husband is and her is a piece of her dad does that make any sense Oh yes, How it does. Much yes. Have has she internalized some of whatever that abuse was with her her father? Has she then channeled yeah. into acceptance in her oh, own yeah. marriage? That is such a daggone good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And yeah. we don't know much about her mother, right? She died when she was mm-hmm. younger. We don't know 
how her mother was. We don't know how the relationship between her mother and her father were. Yeah, we her know. mother's almost irrelevant. Yeah, but we all don't know how she may have affected give her. her. It, it seems like all the mother does is give her her blackness, and then she goes. Right. And that's all. Right. that's all she gives to this story. Right. And is Bob Kendry... Well, two questions. Was Bob Kendry and her mother married? Were they married? Was he really in love with her? Did they have a good marriage, a good partnership, a good friendship, a good relationship? Is he angry that the mother died? Does he feel resentful? Like, there's so many things that are, yeah. like, in the gap there that we don't know. We don't know Is anything. he angry at Claire because the mother's gone? Does he resent her because the mother's gone? Does he resent Claire because now his life is this way when it because without the baby, his choices wouldn't maybe have right been out in the open. Right. Because the aunts aren't very happy with their brother. Yeah. And the Let, choices the he's aunts. made. <laughs> we'll get to the yeah. ants. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Is he upset that he's been left with this child that not only has taken him out of his white privilege, but all, and made him a poor janitor? Because they say that he like it's weird that he's a janitor because he's also like he went to school with all the other dads, right? And, exactly. and why is he so different socioeconomically? Yeah. And is there? And it sounds like the ants are rather well off. So the family has some money of some sort. It right. doesn't say how much, but they have something. Yep. Is there like resentment that this is how his life has turned out all because right. at the end of the day, he had a baby with a black lady. Right. And now he has to raise this black child on his own. Alone. Yeah. Right. And then the double whammy of being a single dad. Exactly. And an outcast from his family or his world sphere. Right. Right. Yeah. This book yeah, is so I'm, dang good. I know. You want, I know. I mean, and you said, you said, you go, well, it could have been a little, you were like, it's really perfect as it is, but it wouldn't have been awful if it was also longer. And I'm like, no, because it you doesn't know, need anything to be longer. We want to speculate right. all this. You're right. It, because I thought about it after you said it. I said, you know, because, okay, so I did say, I wish it were <laughs> longer because I had so many questions. Mm-hmm. But then I thought about it later. I said, you know what? I like having the questions. There's something really well done about yeah. how, how the, just the words that were chosen and the length of everything. It's just, it's yeah. just right. There's a mastery yeah. in Nell yeah. Larson's writing here. That and is I a shame. Think she doesn't the, have more things. The little mysteries that we have throughout here where we're wondering, well, you know, was it this? Could have been that? Well, why, why does he feel this way? I, I, I like that. And you're right. Having it longer and having everything fleshed out takes something away from the story as it is. You are absolutely right about that. Yeah. There's an engagement as the reader that would be lost where yeah. you can really get into the story and start trying to figure out like the mysteries right. and that would be totally lost. Yeah. But you get, you get so much enjoyment from what is actually on the page. You can yes. follow a story. You get all the feelings. You don't need to think deeper. But then yeah. when you start to peel back the layers, you're like, oh man, there's so much in this. There's so, so many questions. That. It's so it's, much. It's really well done. Yeah. So so we're still in chapter one, I think. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And I don't know about your book, but according to my book, like we're still on like page two, crossing over to page three. Yeah. 
That's where I'm at. Yeah. But that's almost the end of the chapter. It's only like a three-page chapter, at least right. in my book. Yep. So. Me too. Me too. But then I guess she does finally, and she does finally, after reminiscing about all these things, Irene mm-hmm. does finally give Open in that to letter. the temptation, and she opens the letter. And, and what a letter! <laughs> I just why lo- what I love about a lot of the distant dialogue with Claire like when they're on the phone or when they're getting these letters, there's a lot of ellipses. So it's, it's, it's not, you're never getting the full conversation. Exactly. You're getting the clipped memories of somebody retelling right. this story to you. Right. So it's, it's kind of right. nice. Yeah. It's real. It's got a realness yeah. to it that you often don't get. I agree. So, so um, you read nicer than I do. Do you want to read this, this portion of the letter? Yes. Let's let's read a portion of the letter. For I am lonely, so lonely, cannot help longing to be with you again, as I have never longed for anything before. I have wanted many things in my life. You can't know how in this pale life of mine, I am all the time seeing the bright pictures of that other that I once thought I was glad to be free of. It's like an ache, a pain that never ceases. I mean, good grief. She's if that very not read, dramatic. Like, uh, but also, when I first read that, I was like, oh, this, this reads like a love letter. Then mm-hmm. I got very confused. Because unlike you, I had not read the introduction. So there were certain things that I... And I you weren't aware. Guys. There is you, this undertone of unrequited... Uh, how like homosexual love that's going on right. in this story and right. you kind of don't know if it's one-sided because claire mm-hmm. kind of talks to everybody in this very flirtatious and seductive kind of manner. way yeah oh yeah oh yeah and irene is definitely very attracted to her in whatever way she is there is an attraction Yes, it's to also her Irene getting human. turning red and all this stuff. Like it is, yeah. And then it plays in later. I feel like with yeah. the, her husband. How much of that is? Where does her anger? So many things, but oh, um, but yeah. there's this drama, and um, I think in the in the Brit Bennett interview we watched there, she mentions that. Britt Bennett is that her last name it's Bennett yes yes you're correct Mm -hmm. um there is this idea of uh, Larson's playing with darkness and light a lot you hear a lot of like things are dark a lot of things are bright a lot of things are dark a lot of things are bright yeah and then I noticed like weather when I was going through it the second time the weather becomes like a whole big thing so like in part one like chapter one we're just in Mm -hmm. an interior we're in the interior we're inside Irene's thoughts it's all very Mm -hmm. insular then the next chapter, it's hot. It's stifling. It's and you can feel it too. Something is something is brewing. Yeah. It's something's in the air. And then the next yeah, thing, the next sticky. chapter, uh-huh. it's rainy and it's dark and and there's like a storm brewing, but it just right. doesn't it doesn't quite break until it does. And then exactly. we're back we're back to the internal space in yeah. chapter four. And so she's really yeah. playing with a lot of these 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 other things to create the scene and it's not just it's so beautifully done it's just so 
the mastery that she has um, in this little story is just fantastic. In this really little is. story, guys, like this is enough. This is a very, very short story. We're talking what mm-hmm. one hundred and twenty or thirty something pages. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, but then I guess the chapter one ends. You know, if this was the movie, it'd be fading to yeah. black to the next scene, and you would have right. that time in Chicago. The words stood out from among the many paragraphs of other words, bringing them with a clear, sharp remembrance in which even now, after two years, humiliation, resentment, and rage were, ming- are ming- uh, were mingled. So yeah. we're two years from all of this. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I did, I did make a note about that letter and how much I thought it read like a love letter and how I like, I like double underlined the word longed, you know, like longing for something that's, that's just full of yearning and desire. And that's pretty tense. It's intense. Um, That's just not like, I miss you. I have a question. (laughs) Where is chapter one chronologically? Because if she's so, received if she has received a letter from Claire that's two right. years that's referring to something that happened two years ago, is that after the end of this book? And then how long has this letter been sitting? That is a very good question. Because they refer to this time in Chicago and then we're taken to that time in Chicago. So I or is know. there two years between this and like the next one? Oh, there's two years between this and the next one. That's what it is, right? Because then they because they meet and then they re meet. Oh, right. Yes, that's yes. So that's the re encounter. I'm like, wait okay. a minute. Yeah, got it. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I was like, God, she's been holding oh. on to this letter a long time. <laughs> right. So the other the other thing that I had noted about the letter was that. Um, the letter reads as if Claire had been uh, secretly in love with Irene, mm-hmm. um, but I I wasn't certain if that was reciprocated on Irene's part. Um, so that was my thought and question there, because again, I didn't have that uh, foresight from the introduction, the introduction. And, I, and I was like, what's, what's going on here? Well, she says, and you can read this two ways in the letter, for I wouldn't now perhaps and have this terrible, this wild desire if it had, if I hadn't seen you that time in Chicago. So what is the wild desire? Is it the wild desire for Irene? Is it the wild desire to flirt with her blackness now that she's been white for so long? Right. Is it a bit something else? It's just a cause. Is is it just to be messy? Yeah. What is very wild? Messy. Yeah. She is. And and then she likes being messy. She does. She, and she likes around to being the messy. Pot. She does. She does. She does. Because that whole Ooh. chapter three is all her setting up big jokes for herself. Oh my god! Honestly, just... it's like it's all a big setup for, on Irene. It reads to me. So it's like, like yeah. But anyway, we should get to chapter yeah. two where we get to chapter three. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So that was chapter one. See, that was chapter look, one, folks. Listen, guys. It's been thirty minutes. We've only read... talked about one chapter. Okay, again, if you have not read Passing, I don't know if it's clear or not, but you should read it. (laughs) You should read it. It is a fantastic story. It's so good. Oh, boy. Hmm. Okay. All 
right chapter so now we're in now we're in chicago and the first time i read it that first paragraph where larson <clears throat> is describing the day a brilliant day hot with a brutal staring sun pouring down rays that were like molten rain like that whole description of the day it makes you feel a little sticky i felt a little mm -hmm. hot and sticky um mm -hmm. and i was right there with them um and so this is how we enter into uh chapter two irene's been out shopping for the day she's looking for gifts for her two sons um and it's so hot she becomes a bit faint flags down a taxi and the taxi takes her to a place called the Drayton. And well, I th what I think is interesting about the taxi is that before we ever even know any more about Irene, we know uh -huh. that Irene can pass because right. that taxi because the, driver yep. is, as he's helping her, he's like, yeah. Miss Ma'am, you look yes. horrible. He, Where do you want to go? He hops out of the car to let her in, to get her, her into the seat. Yes. And you 100% yeah. know that in 1920, Chicago, nobody would have done that for if she couldn't have passed. Right. But but it is not yet clear here whether she passes in her life 100% that, or just at various opportune times. Yes. Because then mm -hmm. she goes to this fancy hotel and she goes up to the fancy rooftop. Right restaurant for some iced tea so that right. she can recover with all the other now, fancy people right now i eat white people <laughs> i eat white people now when she gets there there was a line that stood out to me that has nothing to do with claire but it was my first little red flag about irene's husband and so um oh wait um no wait that's the one about christians um, yeah so she's so irene is sitting down she's uh, got her <clears throat> she's got her tea and she's kind of recounting you know the day of what's what was going on and she was trying to track down uh this book for her son and she says why was it that almost invariably he wanted something that was difficult or impossible to get like his father forever wanting something that he couldn't have and i was like oh well what what does that line mean you already <laughs> so, know that her husband's unsatisfied with something. So with where something, something, something. He right. is unsatisfied. And we right. do find so, out, I think, in this chapter. But um, some of his more... I have that one down, too. Yeah, because I was like, mm, okay, let's just note, note that for later. Note that for later. Yes. Um, yeah. But then she she gets upset because these people come in and this beautiful woman and this man mm -hmm. come in and he seems a bit nervous and fidgety, but they come and they sit down next to her and she just right. wants to her space and they sort of invade her tranquility and her space. Right. Um, and she can't stop looking at this woman mm -hmm. and the woman's looking at her and eventually this man disappears, whatever he runs away. He's right. sort of a, He's just there for later for us to discuss Claire's character. But exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he goes away. And there's just this sort of stare down. And Irene thinking over and over and over about is this when she's thinking, like, is she being does somebody this, this know that she out. should I'm tell be you. here? Like this it's whole a whole thing. She's describing Claire and how beautiful she is. She's worried about being caught out for not having to be there. 
not being allowed to be there. Um, right. So there's this whole running inner monologue going on. Did that I was moment... almost sweating mm-hmm. during this whole thing. I I felt so nervous. This you don't want her to Larson's be... writing. Yeah, because she said, did that woman, could that woman somehow know that here before her very eyes on this rooftop of the Drayton sat, Mm -hmm. am I allowed to say that, like a a Negro? Yeah, Um, yeah. But then I think this is the really important part of of understanding how somebody like Claire may have gotten away with what she gets away with for so long as this next paragraph, the absurd, impossible, white people were so stupid about such things that for all that they usually asserted that they were able to tell by the most ridiculous means, fingernails, palms of hands, shapes of ears, teeth, and other equally silly rot. They always took for her, her for an Italian, a Spaniard, a Mexican, a gypsy. It is, it is almost like because yep. it's assumed that you can't possibly be there. Uh-huh. If there's something fishy, it cannot possibly be that thing because it would never be a black person. So it must right. be something yep. else i had that and, whole yep yeah and it must uh-huh. be something that is acceptable but on the maybe right the you're fringes. another other you're an other other but you're an other that can be here in place with me but right. you are not you are not that thing that can't be right you most assuredly can't be that because that would exactly. never happen absurd that would never happen <laughs> right and so like that's i mean and that explains exactly how claire can do what claire does because yeah despite the fact is because later that she even says as she's sitting here just talking about and talking about talking about to herself about claire and claire's looks and claire's eyes and claire's this and claire's mouth uh-huh. and claire's she says I, th- I think it's in later in the chapter she goes surely like or maybe it's even in chapter three she goes no those are the eyes of a black woman she may yes. have blonde hair and she may have this yes. and she may have yes. that, but those those are the eyes of a black woman. That's right. That's right. And even if everybody else could sit there and have that same mental Olympics, yep. they would never have that thought because it just could never be a black woman, right? Exactly. Because exactly. then you have to admit a whole bunch of other things that would make you have to face your whatever Mm -hmm. your yeah choices that you don't believe in because you're a racist jerk exactly (laughs) exactly yeah i tell you that whole scene of her sitting on that rooftop and looking at claire who she didn't know was claire at the time and wondering did this does this woman know that i'm a negro like can she tell Mm -hmm. Uh, that stressed me out so but irene says she is not She's she is it wasn't that she was ashamed of being a Negro or even no, having but, it declared. It was about but, being ejected from any place, even in the polite and tactful way in which the Drake would Drake probably do it. it. Right. That disturbed her. Right. But it disturbed me as the reader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of well, I think it would disturb out, period. anybody that like if you were ever doing or feeling like you didn't belong somewhere, but you were right. somehow able to be there. And, yeah. and everybody was accepting of you. That fear of being found out is real. It and, is so and real. And it's scary. Even if you know that nothing truly awful is going to happen to you, it's just going right. to be highly embarrassing. Immersive and humiliating. Fear. Yeah. Yeah. And this idea that you don't belong. Nobody yeah. wants to be that person. 
and right. and if and if you grew up as a child you've had this feeling before to some degree exactly because you were always there was always a moment when you were in or out and if you were the out person with the in people right there's like a fear that like maybe they'll figure out that I'm just not cool right it's and not the same alone. level but like right, but still. it's a, such a human feeling it's like to be you don't want to be an outcast Right. Nobody wants to be kicked out. And let alone have that happen in front of so many people. Mm-hmm. Not like it would have been a private situation. It would have happened in front of a lot of people. Yes. It's humiliating. Yes. Yeah, but that was a very tense scene. But mm-hmm. I like being in Irene's head with all of those, all of those thoughts and whoa, man. Oof, yes, but she sweat. can't ignore. She can't ignore this woman. She no. has to keep staring at this woman. She, she couldn't She's, stop. All her efforts to ignore her were futile. Right, <laughs> like, those are the words. <laughs> Nothing works. Futile. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. She has to stare at this beautiful woman. Right. And she 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 keeps describing her. Her. Where are of all these descriptions? I mean, like Claire gets described with like. Her mouth is a scarlet flower, and her she's got yes. ivory skin and nice, strange clothes too. Yeah, beautiful clothing, strange, languorous eyes. It's all yeah. very, it's just all very slow and molassesy, drippy. Yeah, sexy. Like yeah, there was a very sensual feeling to her describing Claire. Mm-hmm. And she most always has these descriptions of Claire. Yeah, throughout this. Every time she has to describe Claire, it ends up being this very romanticized, sexy description well, a of-, of desire. There is yeah. it with her when she's describing yeah. Claire. Yeah, always, always. Mm-hmm. So, Woo! but then, this but then, <laughs> but then Claire laughs. Eventually, they talk to each other, right? So eventually, there's the, I think I know you. Why do I know you? Right. Conversation. Exactly. And Irene just can't place her. She can't figure out why she knows this woman from her childhood. Because not even Irene has noticed that she's not actually white quite yet. She right. Wants, it's like she's trying to figure like, out who this white woman is. I don't know this white woman. Why yeah. does she think she knows me? And exactly. then she laughs. And then her mm-hmm. little trill, magical, just so enchanting little fairy laugh comes. Right. right. And now she knows. <laughs> Boom, it's Claire. But like, can I point out something that yes, stood out for me? You may. Um, and so Irene says, and through her perplexity, there came the thought that the trick which her member had played her was for some reason more gratifying than disappointing to her old acquaintance, that she didn't mind not being recognized. And what I wrote was, it felt like in that moment, um, that where Irene didn't recognize who Clara was. It's almost like that moment may have been gratifying for Claire because it kind of confirmed her ability that the ability that she could still pass with such ease. And mm-hmm. perhaps she even got like a little slight enjoyment watching Irene kind of fumble for trying to figure out like who yes. is this woman? Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's always some yes. kind of a cat and mouse type game going on with Claire. Right? Claire likes knowing that she always has the upper hand in some way. Yes. She yes. likes to, to know that 
she always has that little piece of control, that little bit of, because she could have easily decided to go, oh, I must be mistaken and walked away and known that she had fooled somebody who had known her for so Mm -hmm. long, presumptively for quite a long time. Exactly. Exactly. She doesn't. She lets it, she lets the cat out of the bag. She giggles and all that. Yeah. All that. And now they know, now they know who they are. And so oh, these, th- so these little things to me, like they, they're, they're, they're giving the reader to me, like they're more and more of who Claire is. These little brief moments that are kind of describe the whole being of Claire and all of her cat-like ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and she's provocative. And oh yeah. Like, she says once that she feels that the way before she knows it's Claire, she says the way she looks at the, the, the waiter is, is too provocative there's something too provocative about it but she's not quite sure and then after claire orders them tea irene's like yep nope that's too provocative you're not supposed to talk to the waiter that way right right and it's just she just has this sexuality that just constantly is oozing out of her yeah and And, and like yep she's just a little little sex god and what's that part that Claire, that Irene says in the beginning, stepping always on the edge of danger, mm-hmm. always aware, but not drawing back or turning aside. Like Claire is constantly. She plays life. Manner. She plays life on a knife's edge the entire yes. time. And yes. when you learn her actual like marital situation in the next chapter, oh. you're like, oh, Lori, like you, you're crazy. Oh, ma'am. Like, Oh, ma'am. Talk about (laughs) playing with fire. Like, insane. Oh, Lord. Yeah. But they, like, Irene keeps, Claire keeps trying to set up times to see, to meet with her again after they leave the Drayton. Right? And Irene keeps, Irene keeps finding excuses, but not really finding them because they seem to all be real. But she keeps finding excuses to not see Claire, but Claire doesn't seem to let, let like she's not she's gonna she's gonna see Irene again. She doesn't care. Right. It's going to oh, happen. I also meant to mention that I had a little sticky note here from the first time I read it, that part mm-hmm. where um Claire finally reveals who she is. I say, I already sent something sinister about Claire and I'm not sure why. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Claire was disturbing me on this first go around with this read. She just, I just couldn't pinpoint like why does she seem like such a sinister person? But okay, because anyway. there's because there's something. There's just something about her. Yeah. But this this chapter is quite long for this book, and and yeah. so it takes them quite a long time to to do this because they this is where they go through Claire's whole history. And this idea of her getting taken away to these, this family they never knew about after Bob Kendry dies. Right. And there's all these rumors about her, about what she's doing. People have seen her here and there being right. glamorous in clubs with white men in limousines. Exactly. Like, is, she, is she a call girl? Is she an escort? How is she surviving? Right. And then she just kind of falls off the face of the earth. And everybody moves on with their life, right? Yep. So this is the conversation that's going on while they're 
they're sitting here, or at least these are the thoughts Irene's having while she's sitting here, having tea with Claire. I love how Claire even has a pet name for her. You know, we go, she sees somebody for the first time in a long time and she just goes right back to nicknames that she never uses oh, anymore. And she's just like, right. Greeny. Oh, yeah. Greeny. Oh, Greeny. Right. Like no time ever passed. Yes. yes. Now, it's very I, familiar. Very, very quickly. I did have a few notes. Um, so I, I did, again, like triple underline where uh, Irene says, like, Claire has this having way. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentions that, you know, twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claire always had a, a having way with her. Precisely that. The words came to Irene as she sat there on the Drayton roof facing Claire Kendry. A having way, which is so true. And then when, when they're talking about, um, oh, where is that? Okay. So Irene is basically saying, you know, you're the last person I would have expected to see here. And then Claire's like, uh, preferably you, though, because she was saying that she wanted to see Claire. Still, I imagine that because I've thought of you often and often while you, I'll wager, you've never given me a thought. And that little line right there was full of so much to me, which felt like resentment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of bitterness in Claire. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. And then this, to me, this kind of sets up Claire too. It's like, you can see like, this is a no-nonsense woman. And she's not afraid to call you out on what she perceives as BS mm-hmm. because then Claire kind of asked her, well, like, what were people saying about me when I left? And Irene's basically like, you know, I don't, I don't remember. And Claire says, oh, Rini, she cried. Of course you remember, but I won't make you tell me because I know just as well as if I'd been there and heard every unkind word. Oh, I know. I mm-hmm. know. So it's I- like, she wants to call you out on your BS. She wants you to know that she already knows, even if you're not big enough or man enough, quote unquote, to tell oh, the truth. She'll, she'll uh, still let you know she knows. She knows. And so, again, Claire, just that upper hand, you know, claiming that power, claiming that top dog position, like, you think I don't know? Oh, I know. Even if you don't want to tell me. It just, I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, because what I also wrote was like, Irene is a very dignified black woman. <laughs> you know, she's not going to quote unquote stoop to certain levels. You know, she's mm-hmm. a, a a married woman. You know, a mother. You know, she has manners. She's you know da da da. So she's trying to, I think, always trying to remain in that position of the dignified black woman. And she's not just a dignified black woman. She's a dignified black woman of status in the black community. Yes. She is, um, you know, she is a doctor's wife. She yeah. has some amount of social standing within the Absolutely. community. And she's not, she understands her role within that and how she should be behaving. Yes. In order to keep that. Yes. And I, and, Absolutely. And, and I think it's interesting. What I thought was interesting is that they have this whole conversation about passing while sitting at the Drayton, trying to remain like incognito. And they're having this whole conversation about, about it. 
about how, you know. Yeah. Well, more interesting is that Claire knew that Irene was curious about Claire's passing. Mm-hmm. And so she just kind of opened up that whole conversation. Yeah. She's like, we need to, oh, you want to talk about, it? but I think she, she's, I think she enjoys being able to be like, oh, I, I, I have it. something that's intriguing yeah. for you to, to figure out. Oh yeah. Talk she about it. Yes. But, but like, you know, she, like she's got these two white aunts. So she actually, if she got found out, she has white family. It's a little different when I think if you're passing and you've got white and black living family, she's just got these yes. two white aunts. Yes. And I think that that's very interesting. Cause like in chapter three, we get another, so you end up with three characters. I don't know why I held up six, but you get three characters who are passing in some form. Yes, which was so And they're all doing it in different ways. And yes. they're so subtly different. But like the thing that makes it so easy for Claire is that Claire she is part white. She isn't just light skinned. She lived with her white aunts after her dad died and even though they treated her like a servant, she right. got to live amongst white people and could mimic and learn yep. how to be in that world and act mm-hmm. like she's in that world and there was right? no talk or mention of the south side or any of her black connections you know none of that so, was going on so she, so she could she could very easily sort of separate herself from oh, yeah. that black piece of her and yeah. just embrace the white piece of her yeah because she did have pass. a white story she had a she white has, story legitimately she had a way to erase that. I mean, but Irene is a black woman who can pass. Her mm-hmm. husband, we learn, is a very dark-skinned black man. Exactly. So what are you doing with that? It's not like you can go right. out together, right? Right. And then, and then Gertrude, who we meet, has a whole different combination. Of, oh, I can't wait to get to that. Yeah. Of of how to pass <laughs> and a life, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's there isn't one way. Right. And she very skillfully tells us all of this. Exactly. That there's many ways in which we could be in your society and you wouldn't yes, even know it. And you don't, don't even know it. And I wonder how terrifying that thought may have been for people reading this when it was written. Oh, mm, to be a fly on those walls. Right? Because it's not said. It's not overt. It's not, Oh no. well, we're in your restaurant. It, but it is. It's we're in your restaurants. And yeah. we're in your hotels and we're, you know, in your bedroom and we're, yeah. you don't, we could be anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> you you exactly. wouldn't know it. And you're, you're doing, writing this at a time where having even a drop of blood right. made you That's right. black. Exactly. Exactly. So they're, they're horribly racist people must have been like right. shitting themselves. Right. <laughs> Throwing this book in the fire afterwards. No, how could you tell? How could you tell? How do we know? Absurd. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, It's just it's just so beautiful. It's so well done. I think what I really liked, and you know I'm gonna pick up on this, is 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 when Irene says 
because because she talks all about how her mother her aunts are like um they're good like god-fearing oh women, right? i know where you're going with this and, mm-hmm. and irene says have you ever stopped to think claire how much unhappiness and downright cruelty are laid at to the loving kindness of the lord and always by his most ardent followers it seems got it highlighted oh yeah oh yeah because that is relevant even today like how much oh yeah how 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 much does that still hit like so hard it listen it hit so hard because it is so real because it's happening right now and it's just this one little paragraph that's just like have you ever thought stop to think Mm -hmm. Mm. yep I'm just going to leave that there and we're going to move on and you, the reader, can do what you want with that. But it's a powerful question though, right? It's a powerful question. How many people use the loving kindness of the Lord to justify their hate? (laughs) Okay. Their violence. Their cruelty. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And always by his most ardent followers, it seems. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, oh Nella, oh if you were alive today, mm-hmm. we could have so many conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but you get more and more information about where Claire, what Claire was doing before today, right? right. And you find out she has this husband. He's some sort of banker. She has a husband. What's interesting is you don't know her last name through most of this. Yeah, I, I she that is out always she's always note. Claire Kendry. She's Claire Kendry, Claire, Claire Kendry, and it takes pages upon pages before you find out yeah, that the it's... married identity of right. Claire. Right. So it's there almost was... like Claire has two identities, just as Claire. Oh, yeah. yeah. Claire has all these identities. She's Claire yep. Kendry. She's Claire Bellew. She's Claire. Bellew. Mm-hmm. She's two different Claire's. There, She's like 97 different Claire's. She's all the Claire's. <laughs> there was one other piece, and it was right after Irene asked that question about, you know, the holy people, um, where Claire says, I knew I wasn't bad looking and that I could pass. You can't mm-hmm. know, Rini, how when I used to go over to the South Side, I used to almost hate all of you. You had all the things I wanted and never had had. It made me all the more determined to get them and others do you can you understand what I felt and I was like that was the first time that I actually felt bad or felt some kind of empathy for Claire from this one statement because it just made me think about little girl Claire and being poor and being with this horrific father of hers and having these friends who were living these middle-class lives who didn't have to struggle and here she was you know having to steal you know, things to make a little silly little frock for her church yeah. uh, uh, picnic. And that was the first time that I felt a little bit of empathy for Claire. Uh, and it's cl- and it shows you that a lot of what's happening with Claire now and this this coming back to Chicago, this coming back to her old life, this uh-huh. coming back to her blackness is uh-huh. out of feeling some lack that was happening when she was a child that oh, she was sure. always separate from the other kids she builds yeah. this whole life and makes this whole thing for herself so that she can survive or whatever and get all the things that she likes especially yeah. money and yeah. but there's a piece that's missing and that is that's her blackness is missing right like she exactly didn't she, she just wasn't that 
Yeah. And yeah. she's flirting now with, with, with losing everything she has so that she can fill that void. Exactly. Exactly. She just ran away from him with, with complete abandon and didn't, you know, you're, too, you, when you're, you're that young, you're not thinking about, well, what are the, the repercussions of me doing this? Yeah. If I leave a piece of me behind, what does that mean for me 15, 20 years down the road? What, what does my life look like? You don't, you're not thinking about that when you're 15. No, but I will say if you turn the page a couple pages or like a page or two, she does say when they're talking about um, basically how Claire's quite wealthy, um, she says, money's awful nice to have. In fact, all things considered, I think, Rini, that it's even worth the price. Yeah. So, you know, she knows that she's given up a lot of things to get what she has, but she's still, even with that lack, she still thinks that she's justified and right in her decision because this is the of all but the things she? That she lacked well i think she thinks she tells herself this but she right. tells or herself does she just want to look does she just want to look to other people that the decision that she's made is right with her and okay with her perhaps she's a hard one to figure out sometimes well i don't know if even she knows what she wants yeah. At the end of the day, I think she wants two things that can't coexist, especially in 1920s America. She right. wants to be both of her personalities. And, and, and I can imagine that it's something that's still difficult for some people now, depending on your family situation, to be oh, of yes, mixed sure. descendants of any kind. And where is your culture? Where is your, your heritage? Like, who right. are you? Um, especially if you look more like one than the other. Does that invalidate the one you don't look like? You know, right? It, it, there's there's a lot at play here. Yeah, and that's so true. That's so in true. 1920s America, like you you couldn't do anything, right? If you're not, you right. can't be white and black, and right, and, and be accepted by both sides, right? And in reality, you're probably out. You. You're probably outside of of both to some extent. Be, yeah. So she, yeah. I don't think she knows. I don't think she truly knows. If she's yeah. made the right choice, but I think she knows that it's better to be rich than to be poor. Oh, because for she's sure. been poor, right? And she knows how fun that is not. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. not she going want that to struggle. do that again. Yeah, yeah, that she knows for sure. She knows poor as a child, and she sees poor from looking at her father, and she ain't going back there. And this is when I started to make those Gatsby, like weird Gatsby connections in my head um, between yes, Claire. Tell me because I have not read Gatsby. Between, so, between so Claire and, and, and Jay. So Jay Gatsby is this mysterious rich man, right? And he, and he we, nobody knows where all his wealth comes from, but he just sort okay. of shows up on the scene one day. He starts throwing these fabulous parties. He's very, very wealthy. He's doing all of this because he wants to get his childhood love back, who's like across the bay or whatever. Um, And eventually through word of mouth, like he gets to meet Daisy again and he tries to woo her away from her husband and all this stuff. But what you learn by the end of the story is that Jay is actually a very poor man who had met Daisy once a long time ago and had fallen in love with her and has now done everything in his being to make himself of the standing to deserve Daisy. And oh. he's done so with, uh, by doing, you know, like bootlegging and all kinds of 
nefarious things which are secret okay so it's it's like if so it she there's this weird in my mind connection between claire and jay because like jay is he's trying to make himself into something he is not and right into a world where he doesn't quite belong and he has to do so through dangerous means and if anybody Uh finds out everything would crumble and okay. everything that he wants would be crumbled. Like Daisy would never right. want him if he's, if she finds out he's actually just a criminal, right? It doesn't. Right, right. It's all it's all smoke and mirrors. It doesn't matter that there's wealth. Oh, it doesn't this matter. is there's all things. Okay, it's all smoke and mirrors. But then you know you have Claire who's building this whole life for herself that's teetering on a knife's edge. And if anybody mm-hmm. finds out that she isn't white, she loses it all. Everything she's done to gain what she right. feels like will make her happy. The things that will make her happy. Would will all come crumbling when her secrets are found out, right? Also, more smoke and mirrors. Okay, I okay, so, that so that's sense. where my brain that. was yes. going, and like, and they're yeah. very different worlds and they're very different things, but there's just this this theme well, of the, just be, well, the of secret, right? And 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 just trying to achieve something that you don't you can't think of any other way to achieve it, there is no other way, so you must go right. through dangerous routes. Yeah, and there's different dangers, and there's different. Everything's very different. These are very different stories, but just that theme. I just my yeah. brain just kept circling back to Gatsby as I was reading. That's interesting. Maybe I'll read Gatsby this week. And like nobody really knows Gatsby, and nobody really knows Claire. Right. Right. And 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 all for different reasons, but they just I didn't end up like in the twenties, and I just had this whole brain train ride that happened (laughs) yeah yeah no but I can totally see how you're thinking about those two people as being very similar they have Mm -hmm. very similar backgrounds very similar goals you know very similar desires and also Mm -hmm. they both have very similar uh dangerous outcomes should the smoke be cleared away (laughs) And they both have very, they both have like demises. And so their story arcs are almost like you can plot little points along the way where they meet the same kind of very generic moments. Right. That's really interesting. Huh. Okay. All right. That's why like in my mind, I'm like, if you're going to, after reading this and we're reading it a second time, I feel like, and I've read the Gatsby, Great Gatsby a few times. I feel like if you really want the great American novel, you have to put yeah. these two together. Oh, yeah. And then you have a really good understanding of of at least 1920s America. Right. Right. So you're you're frozen on Twitch, but Yeah, okay. my stream is glitching. It's fine to come back. It's cool. But yeah, I, I go read Gatsby after this and tell me what you think. Yeah, maybe, I think I'm, I will. maybe maybe I'm having a moment. Like maybe this is just like a weird Alyssa brain tangent. But I feel like no. if you put the two of them together, if you read them together, it's this it's a much better collective picture of of that period of America. And I mean I can so, I feel not so different to me. Not so different than today either. I mean and and Gatsby's very white and therefore very racist. Yeah, yeah. And then this is not very white. <laughs> and right. still highlights racism. Right? So yeah, but it's it's, it's a very different viewpoint. It, it it isn't racist, but it it 
talks about racism and race. Right. And I think if you put the two of them together, it's they're just a really interesting pair. Yeah, like, well, book I have pairings. to read Destiny anyway to prepare for our June, one of our June reads for the TBR Lowdown book club. Yes. So. So that's yeah. your homework. Read the two yeah. of them and then read it and then tell me what you think. It's very Yeah, short. I will. I will. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. More on that next week, folks. Back to class. Anyway. Okay. Back to class. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Where, where, were, where we? were we? Oh, we were talking uh, about her, them talking about passing. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, money. How money is surely great. Yeah. Right. And then, yep. And, and then I'm just skimming the, through again. And then there's the whole back and forth of trying to get them to see each other. Right. And there was your line about the Negro eyes. Yep. Coming close to the end of that chapter. Yep. Because um, the seduction of Claire, Claire was Kendrick's talking about smile. how easy it is to pass. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, yeah. like all the ways that they describe her, her lips painted a brilliant geranium red were sweet and sensitive and a little obstinate. A tempting mouth. Yeah. A tempting mouth. That's something, right? Again. Yeah. Feels like it's full of desire to me. Uh, long lashes, arresting eyes, slow and mesmeric mesmeric <laughs> right i mean i mean even when they finally agree that they'll see each other on tuesday they say goodbye and 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 irene is thinking about the seduction of claire's smile right it's right. all very longing it is it She's, is she has been she went from never of even thinking of claire for years to being completely enthralled by her in right tea and a few cigarettes I tell you. I wish I had that kind of power. Tell me about it. <laughs> Claire's got that. She's just got that thing. Yeah. I, I but, love how Larson writes how I love how Larson writes how how Claire looks. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it is full of desire and sensuality and I like that. I she, like she that. is she is this she is a sexual woman. Yeah. And she knows it. Yeah. I just I really I just appreciate that. Yeah. I th I think there's a lot to admire in Claire and there's a lot to find um disgusting. Well well yeah, and to be weary of hey. for sure. So Hey Caleb. You know. So there's there's a lot that it's definitely interesting. Yeah. But I think the best part of this chapter is the way it ends. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we get one sentence. You know, here's the thing. Oh, no, that's the next part. Never mind. Okay, never mind. My, never mind. My, I, have, I have a note, but it's for the very beginning of the next chapter. Uh, of three. Well, well, after all of this, this seduction and and you know, sweet lips and memory, like going down memory lane and all this, yeah. Irene states very clearly and succinctly she was through with Claire Kendry. 
which we all know no, cannot be true that we're was, only BS. Like we just no we're one only on chapter that. two. Yeah, we're yeah, only no, on chapter no one, two. No one believed it. No one believed the it. moment I read that I was like, oh, that means we'll be having more of Claire Kendry. Claire will be back. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we we enter into chapter three of part one. And um and, and here we go with like you're saying, now we're, you know, on a Tuesday morning, a dome of gray sky rose over the part city, but the stifling air was not relieved by the silvery mist that seemed to hold a promise of rain which did not fall and uh, Irene's getting ready for something and the phone is just ringing 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 just all throughout the day um and it's clear over and over again Mm -hmm. and so I have highlighted here the telephone for hours that it rung like something possessed since nine o'clock she'd been hearing it insistent jingle and what I wrote here I said there's that having way of Claire you know, like, oh, you don't want to mm-hmm. pick up when I call the first time. Well, I'm I'm just gonna keep calling. I'm gonna keep calling and keep calling until you finally pick up. And I, I became so annoyed with Claire in this moment. Like you and your having way. And also I you're trying so hard to seep into the life of Irene. And I just became very upset with her. Well, I was uh, that is how I read it, and then I started thinking, and I'm like, Irene is telling this story. So how much did that telephone really ring? How much did Claire pursue her? How much mm. is is real? This is when I start like now that I'm like questioning Irene and her right. ability to remember facts. I'm like, is she trying to paint this so that it looks like Claire pursued her? Oh. Hmm. Like, did Claire really do this? Did Claire really call her over and over again? Or did she call once or twice and the maid made a couple excuses? And it's nice that they just allude to this maid because now you understand Irene's standing in the society. Yeah. And Irene has things to lose, too. She's not, she's not Claire rich, but she's not wanting for anything either exactly um, she has a maid she has a husband she pays her bills she can go to trips to chicago and go shopping for her boys and do all these things right she's not well, as she said in the chapter before you know i have everything i wanted except maybe i'll you know to use a little bit more more, more money but yeah that, i have everything i ever wanted she's everything she wants so i mean i i wonder and it could very well be that the phone rang off the hook and it's claire's having way but or is it Irene messing with the narrative oh, to make boy. herself stop throwing in these curveballs less culpable <laughs> in this whole thing, right? Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. She's not here for us to ask. Oh, but we find I I mean, I totally see and understand your questioning. But when I think about what we know of Claire so far, it's like I can see her just like incessantly calling because it's like, no. But everything you, you know about Claire, you know, it's still from Irene. our perspective. <laughs> yeah. So, like, everything. Oh. oh, here we go, folks. Here we go. Oh, oh yeah. Now I just feel but- stuck. But she finally answers this telephone call and you get that yeah. same one-sided 
I have here that, you know, Claire never gets a chance to even talk. The way it's told to you, there's never even a chance right. for Claire to interject. It's not a dialogue. It is it, it is a monologue told at you. And 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 I have bamboozled next to it. Like she just gets bamboozled into this yeah. meeting. Yeah. And, but you finally get her name. Now you know she's Mrs. John Bellew. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah, because I did make a note um, about chapter two when they were having their whole conversation at the Drayton. And I was like, you know, you just can't trust when someone wants to get all the information from you. And at the end of it all, you don't even know their last name. And I was mm-hmm. like, beware, beware. Yes, because oh. Irene says on the way out, she's like, I don't even know what her husband's name is. Exactly. Exactly. We get it. We get there. Yeah. But we have to bamboozle Irene a little bit together. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now you got my wheels turning. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good. That was a good curveball because you're right. Like we, this is all from Irene's perspective. Ah. But even after this whole phone call, that's very bamboozling. Um, just like. You know, how have you been? Where are you? Can you come to tea? We're here. It's under this name. Come here. Boom. Hang up. Right. Irene says, um, what what was it about Claire's voice that was so appealing? So very seductive. We just keep Ah, going back to this, this alluring, pulling you in piece of, of her nature. Exactly. The irresistible, irresistibleness, is that a mm-hmm. word? She is irresistible. Of Claire. of Claire, like she just, when you were in her realm, you were in her realm and you have yeah. like no power. Yeah. And you see that later at the parties and things like everyone just kind of gets sucked. She has gravity. She sucks yeah. people in. Yeah. And then, and so, and, 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 and you can't, it's hard to get out. Yeah. There is no escaping. But the question is, does Irene really want to escape? Yeah, right? I feel like it depends on the moment. But does she really want to escape? Yeah, it depends on the moment. And and it depends on the moment. And if she feels like she has something to lose in that moment by not escaping the charms of Claire. Well, this chapter is an escaping chapter. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah. How do we oh, wanna... and it's also where we finally get introduced to the Gertrude. other uh, pass of passing. But so um, it's also the chapter where I can't say half the words in it. Um, okay, this is going to be fun. Um, so there's that. Um, <laughs> don't worry. John can say them a lot. Yeah, that's right. He sure can. But um, but I feel like I love that there's no break. We go from this phone call and boom, you're at the Morgan. Yeah, she's kissing Claire uh, Irene on the cheek, and we are yep. we're right into this this meeting. And, and yeah. she's getting the first trick of the. I feel like I wrote down. I feel like Claire Claire plays two tricks on Irene, and the first trick is Gertrude. Yes, she walks in, and you can and tell that there's you? something between the two of them that they don't like each other. Miss Gertrude and yeah. Miss Irene, they don't like each other. Yes, with the, and how are you, Gertrude? Are you? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't want you. Not hey, know, Gertrude. Good to see you. No. Didn't and how are didn't you, know Gertrude? Your, your ass was gonna be here. And right. Exactly. Like, That's exactly what you felt from that line. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and then you shall immediately I, find out about Gertrude. Shall I read that? Because I do have that part highlighted. Because I was yeah. like, oh well, this is interesting. All right. So Gertrude, I think I wish there was more of Gertrude because I feel like Gertrude's life more. is very interesting. Oh, I have so many questions. So uh-huh. um, for Gertrude, too, had married a white man, though it couldn't be truthfully said that she was passing. Her husband, what was his name, had been in school with her and had quite well aware, had been, been quite well aware, as had his family and most of his friends, that she was a Negro. It hadn't, Irene knew, seen the matter to him then. Did it now, she wondered? Had Fred, Fred Martin, that, that was it. Had he ever regretted his marriage because of Gertrude's race? Had Gertrude? And when I read that part, I was like, oh, I hadn't even thought about this whole path of passing mm-hmm. because if he, kn- well, I guess she really isn't passing if one, her husband, his family, and most of his friends know that you're not passing. So it's then just everywhere was, else she's passing. Right. But then my other thing was, well, when they're an unfamiliar or or, or in situations where it's not family, does she then pass? Or is it always, I'm just a light-skinned Black woman married to a white man? I, I just wondered, do they I would play imagine, around with passing based on who they're around? I would imagine in this time period in America, if she's married to a white man, which was illegal in many states, she yeah. passes. Yeah. It, I it would so imagine interesting, that this though, is the her situation. safest thing. Her situation is very interesting, especially like how okay everybody is with it. Because you can tell right. how strange that is to at least Irene, because she's our narrator, narrator, how strange that is. Like you could get yeah. the sense of how rare Gertrude's situation is. Yeah. Because, you know, Claire comes from a biracial family, and right. that was definitely not accepted. Oh, and yeah. they knew, but you had what do they call it? The the stain of the tar or like some horrible yeah, phrasing. That, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you could they could forgive the shame but not the stain or something like that. Exactly. Whatever throwing in lovely the tar brush. They couldn't forgive yes, the tar brush. It. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. What a, what a phrase. Anyway. I know. <sighs> Yeah, I just, to, I, I wanted to think, a, a glimpse today into Gertrude's we're, life. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like, they, they don't care that like she isn't like them. But. Well, it just kind of tripped me out because it's like, you know, not only does her husband know, but also, you know, some close friends too, like your friends. I mean, my mom was just like all over the place. Like, how, like, 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 how did that work out? How did that yeah. come to be? But you it know? seems to be fine. Gertrude doesn't seem to have any issues. Oh, Gertrude's there's just Gertrude. no issue with her. None. None. It, I it's like just fascinating. This, what I like throughout this whole chapter is how Claire is m- the master of all of this. She will allow things to happen and then she redirects conversations or she yeah. so like she moves swiftly into tea so like you can tell that there is something between these two women they say yeah. hello blah, blah, blah. she swiftly 
directs them to tea, right? So now they're right. going to drink their tea. Um, oh, and, yes, because she's got to get them ready for the, for the show. Getting ready for the show, right? <laughs> so she's like, oh, I'm expecting Jack. Yeah. Any second, I'm expecting right. Jack. Jack will be here any second. Let's get to tea. Let's get this over. Yeah. With. Right? Yeah. Um, oh, that's something else. I was like, what just popped up on my phone? And, and Gertrude remains silent. She's Gertrude is, I have somewhere that Gertrude is the, the foil to Claire. Gertrude is, is plain and like a little ill at ease. She's not as like, you know, full of herself. She is a little broader and she's not the beauty, right? Yeah, like how they she's, were she's describing broad her. and fat and poorly yeah. dressed. And she's a little bit of age and a little bit of, of, of she seems like her life's been a little hard on her, you know, whereas Claire is this beauteous queen. And right. but also Gertrude sort of, I feel like mirrored Irene, you know, they're both have two young boys. They're both married. Mm-hmm. They both have um, some sort of safety in their lives. They, they have right. this tr- traditional kind of life that they're leading, whether they're passing and- or not. There's stability they, there. And they don't have the secret of passing. So they don't yes. have that constant fear in their marriage as Claire does. They don't yeah. have that big secret in their marriages. Irina's not passing, and Gertrude's husband knows she's black. So there is no big shoe waiting to fall at some point in their marital lives. Yeah. And then. Then they start talking about the things that the the biggest thing that could give the game away, right? Having a child. Oh gosh, this part, Alyssa, I was dying. I'm sorry. I, I don't know about you, but I was kind of like, <laughs> first of all, it was kind of funny how they were just like they were talking about babies like they were products. Like, yeah, when <laughs> when I read this, one of my boys is dark, and then it says. Gertrude jumped as if she'd been shot at. Her eyes Googled. Her mouth flew open. She tried to speak but could not immediately get the words out. Finally, she managed to stammer. Oh, and your husband, is he is he uh, dark too? I mean, this, <laughs> I just found it hilarious. Gertrude's response to all that is just cool because they spend so long going back and forth and like Gertrude's just so grateful that her neither of her son's the twins were, were very dark and because you can just go that could skip like so many generations and just <laughs> pop up out of nowhere and um i should i i love the phrase pop up like it's just ooh, like suddenly and then oh you know she's like i'm not having any more children because what if the next one and then claire is like well no i can't possibly have any more children like oh i you know marjorie's just fine and and if i have any more you know the the jig is up. Everybody knows. And poor Irene's right. saying, they're like, I have babies. They're fine. One of them's dark. What What are you two women talking about? Oh, my God. Like, Alyssa, this whole part, just out. like, the way I'm laughing now, this is how I was laughing reading this the first time. It was, it's just so, this was like, to, to me, like a little moment of comic relief. Although there's reality in what they're saying. There's very But it was just so thing. funny. It was I just, just so funny. Uh, it made I felt so bad for Irene through this whole thing because I just I see her like her head ping ponging through this whole yes. thing like what, what? right <laughs> like, right because because I think that Irene really does 
she is a good mother and she loves yeah. her boys and she's right. She's she doesn't care about any of this other stuff. And you get the sense that everybody else, like the kids are just a thing that you do. Right. It's just boxes that you're checking off in your life. Like I'm a wife right. now. Now I have to give them kids. Right. Um, like Gertrude's like double check. Gave you twin sons. Excellent. Moving right. on. Claire's both, like, well, they're both not dark. So, you know, good on me. Claire's like, I gave you a not dark daughter. That's all you're getting. And right. <laughs> don't exactly. push it. Because I'm don't not going to go through that fear again. Not doing it. And, right. But, and then they, there's, I just love that there's this one, the one little thing here. And I, again, felt bad for Irene because Irene's the only one who's coming off good in this whole thing is when they're talking about, oh gosh, what's his name now? Claude Jones. And now he's a black Jew. Oh, yes. And yes, they're yes, all yes. like laughing at him like it's some comedic thing that he's doing and Irene's the only one who goes well maybe he's doing this you know he possibly might be sincere in changing his religion surely everyone doesn't do everything for a gain that was a dig at Claire that's how I yes. think it was a dig at Claire because I certainly did yeah but Irene's the oh, only yeah. one who's sitting here like well maybe not everybody's like you two bitches <laughs> right yeah exactly Exactly. Maybe he prefers Judaism. Can we right. like right. Right. leave Claude alone? <laughs> right. Leave Claude alone. Claude alone. But it's also just very interesting that's it that's in there because they never really talk about that again, right? No, they don't. They don't. It's just like but one just... moment for Irene to be the moral superior, right? Irene gets right. to go, you know what? Right. No. I just felt like this whole scene was perfect. I just, well, I loved it. Well, it's great. And then you get trick number two. Oh, boy. Which is yeah. John entering the building. Oh, man. You know, John Bell used but, the and, and Well, here's the thing. And this is how you, how you know that Claire is setting this all up. She says, yeah. how lovely. Here's Jack at exactly the right minute. Right, like right on cue as the as the performance schedule like the says. The curtains right. open and John shows up and he right. enters with with he makes a scene. <laughs> he says, uh hello Nick was his greeting to Claire. I I, I looked at I like and I could, said, what is you happening? Hear, you could hear a record skip, you know, like they're uh, yeah, I feel like bro. that's what's happening and <laughs> Gertrude and Irene's brains are like, what did he just call her? Right. Right. Did I hear I, that correctly? I just... But, you know what? I, it, it also made me think about... Because he goes on and explains why he calls her that. Right. Because when he married her, she was she was white. White as the lily. But I declare she's getting darker and darker. Right. It's just his. Uh, I tell her if she don't look out, she'll wake up one of these days and find she's turned into a nigger. And so, right before that, let me get back to Irene because you know Irene is this like you know very classy, dignified woman. And so she hears him refer to Claire as nig, and she's like, "But how rude! How possibly, how possibly <laughs> insulting for him to address her in that manner in the presence of guests." Of guests. You know, so exclamation even in this point. moment, exclamation she's thinking, point. right, guest, 
So even in this moment, she's like, oh no, she's still Miss Manners in this moment. It's like, this is highly unlikely. I, I just I just like how it kind of went right back to Claire's like, you know, she's got a way of doing things, a way of, you know, treating people, a way of being spoken to, yada, yada. Like it always goes down to the manners and the right way of doing things mm-hmm. and saying things. But Claire makes sure that nobody misses it. She goes, did you hear what Jack called me? Like, 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 just in case anybody missed the introduction, right? His entrance on the stage, right? And then tell him, dear, why you call me that. She wants everybody to know she's playing for, yeah, these are her, this is her audience. She's playing this scene for her girlfriends so that they can, yeah, almost like she's proud that she has duped this terribly racist man into being, her yes, husband. who's so hell bent on the fact that he hates Negroes. But mm-hmm. yet, he's with me. I ha, am the ha. one who fooled him. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. this moment almost feels slightly psychotic. Well, I think that, like, often Claire feels very on the edge of psychosis. Like yeah. she is, there's she needs some lithium or something. Like she is, yeah. there's something not quite right in Claire's brain. But yeah, and this goes back to her being life... that dangerous woman, right? Like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like it says here, always on the edge of danger. It's like, but if you spend Claire. your whole life living that way, and if you spend your whole life yeah. as a lie, and 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 you internalize all the little t traumas that that is, plus all the yeah. t traumas of your racist husband, you kind of would go a little insane, wouldn't you? I, yeah, I guess you would. I guess you would, because you're always on the outskirts of reality. Yeah, and Ooh, she is on is the up. outskirts of reality. But you know what? This also made me think of is I have I have seen this in sim like similar moments in other like, um, with my my ex Argentine family, there would be and everybody's white, but the darkest person they would yeah. call them they would call them negro, and you're like. Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. I would show up and, 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 and I remember people talking about this person and I'm like, okay, and I'm expecting somebody black, right? And like right. everybody's joking around and it's just like a slightly tanned white dude. And I'm exactly. like, why? I'm like, and, and the rest of you aren't that much lighter than him. So why are you calling him? It's, right. it, it's something that's so strange to me. Exactly. And then you read it here and it's like, clearly it's not that strange. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, clearly... this part was a trip. Tell them, dear, why you call me that. I mean, this whole part was just insane. She is proud of that. And he's just and then telling he... this story. And he keeps mm. going on and on. Oh, yeah. And she's on laughing and, and laughing. And they're all laughing. Everybody's laughing. And it's, 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 it's very, like, mental asylum sort of feeling where yes. these people are just giggling and giggling and giggling through yes while john and is telling so, this story and then we get to the part where irene said so you dislike negroes mr bell you but her amusement was at her thought rather than her words john bell you gave a short denying that laugh you got me wrong there mrs redfield nothing like that at all i don't dislike them i hate them and so does nick for all she's trying to turn into one she wouldn't have a nigger maid around here for love nor money. Not that I'd want her to. They give me the creeps. The black, scrimy devils. <laughs> I just, like, I can't even imagine the faces yeah. of Irene and Gertrude. 
like the whole thing is just like insane but then you know what i was thinking it was like of course she doesn't want a black maid they might realize she's black duh because <laughs> the white people talking haven't about caught those, on those black those eyes black those eyes, black right? eyes and if you stand stare at her long enough like irene's staring at her and examining her and examining right. her and examining and then finally it dawns on her how much of how much has every white person in her life looked at her and never seen it exactly exactly oh boy this whole didn't we say Mr. Bellew, John Bellew was a treat? He is a treat. Oh, he's a treat. I mean, even <laughs> says she had a leaping desire to shout at the man beside her. And you, you're you sitting here surrounded by three black devils drinking tea. Right. I love and that. And I kind of wish she had. <laughs> right. Part of me kind of wish. But then the story would be over. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But Yeah, this was a... But this was and a he very... Quits- um, he w- quickly comes in, does this whole thing, and then he exits again with his whole, oh, yeah. sorry, old girl. I'm not doing yeah. all the words. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bore you. Right. Mm. Yeah, this was, <laughs> yeah, this, this is a psychotic scene. I'm sorry. It's just like, we, we are not in reality right now. This, this was insane. But like Irene is clearly enraged here, though. I mean, she oh, and then she keeps going rude. on. She's so she's so mad. All the while she was speaking, she was thinking how amazing it was that her voice did not tremble and that outwardly she was calm. Only her hands shook slightly. Exactly. Yeah. Because and then they Irene talk about her husband. How dangerous it is, and she mentioned they'll mention this in the next pages going forward. But like. Irene recognizes that Claire put them all in a very dangerous situation. Incredibly dangerous. This isn't like the hotel where she would have been politely escorted out and it would have been embarrassing. This is actually incredibly dangerous. Um, Claire could be arrested, I believe, at that time for, um, or could at least be sued and have everything taken away for her for tricking her husband. There was a big famous case um, I was watching something about it and I can't remember the name of it where like a wealthy man married a, a, I think she was like ha- some some percentage of black which doesn't really matter in that time period but um, so she's somewhat mixed and he knows like he writes her all these love letters and does all these things and eventually I think because the family threatened to disown him after he had gotten married like uh-huh. he brings a, a divorce case and at those times you know divorces are like in court and very right you know, quickly sign anything and they basically she t- had to prove very the, the, the her lawyers just had to prove that he knew there was no duping but if she had been duping him she would have been in a lot of trouble mm. like he married her willingly because it wasn't illegal to marry a it wasn't i don't believe it was illegal to marry in new york but it was definitely looked down upon and then right. legally you could get into the it's the um the lying part that could get you into trouble. Ah. Uh, and not, not the to mention being quite honestly. Black. Right. But not to mention honestly, like, you know, John Billiard could have just killed her. <laughs> yeah. There's that yeah. of just having something and, and nobody so would revealed. have and nobody would have done committed, anything done anything because he would have said, yeah. My wife, whatever. Yeah, you know, my exactly. wife has been lying to me and I killed her and 
everyone have been like, oh, well, that's justified. Exactly. How dare she? Exactly. She was in the wrong. Well, Good well, I was. Well, we have to remember we have another call. Uh, we have another uh-huh. live in 20 minutes. I know. Um, we, we, we haven't even. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, how many okay, pages do trying. we have left? We're, we're getting there. Okay. We have six okay, pages. we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay, okay, we have okay. Six pages. Um, All right. But, so... I was, what, but there, there's, there was a thing called like a rage defense or something like that. And I learned that in the last call that 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 nonfiction book I was reading about this murder. Oh, yes. Killing mm-hmm. the gay men. And and it was like there are definitely people that are still alive today that got off on this defense that if if you just you could like brutally murder somebody because you were so shocked that they revealed to you that they were a gay man and i'm sure it's right. the same defense that could be used for yep. i was so shocked to find out that my husband of five years was actually a right. black man and i killed him in his sleep you know like, right. and exactly. everyone would be like oh you poor thing <laughs> how dare <laughs> he poor you yeah, poor yeah, you. Poor you yeah exactly and it's and exactly. it's absolutely like if you look at it with today's brain you're like how? Like, how you still killed how? somebody what? right whatever your other morals are you still killed somebody that person is now in the dirt because of you but all right make it make sense make it make sense. does it make sense moving on <laughs> okay okay all right okay of course so we're getting to the end all right so we, we so finally this- get to find out that claire's um irene's husband's a doctor Ooh. yeah yep He's a dark doctor. Okay. Yep. He's a dark doctor. Um, Mm -hmm. Reading my little notes in here. Oh, I just have this note here from my first time reading it. Claire is such a dangerous woman. Reckless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. She really bothered me when I just read this the first time. She just bothered me. Um, Is this one Claire was so darling, so lovely, and so having. It keeps coming oh, up. Oh, yes, the I have that highlighted. Yep, the having, the having. Yes, eventually they do leave, right? Yeah. Uh, Claire oh, offers oh, them oh. tea, and they decide that they're all like, well, no, thank you. That so, show was enough. <laughs> let's talk about, so when they leave, so it says, it had been, Irene acknowledged, a distinctly trying experience as well as a very unpleasant one i was Mm -hmm. more than a little angry myself and imagine her not telling us about him feeling that way anything might have happened we might have said something that irene pointed out was exactly like claire kendry taking a chance and not at all considering anyone else's feelings again just like they were talking about in the beginning how claire does these things you know and you know always Mm -hmm. living on the edge of danger and and knowing so, but not turning it aside or turning away, just continuing she, to do it regardless of does anyone not else's feelings. Care. Oh, it's so, and then here's Gertrude. So Maybe she thought we'd think it a good joke, and I guess you did. The way you laughed, my land! I was scared to death that he might catch on. I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's just so. It's so weird. It's just. It's so. This whole scene is so jarring and memorable like you're never gonna forget this and like of course like just imagine being so shocked that you can't stop laughing it's it is like this moment of like mental breaking where it is it absolutely is because it's like i'm here in this moment i'm hearing it but am i really hearing it is this really happening right now is this really what's happening to me right now yeah yeah okay so we go to chapter four 
yeah, they eventually they leave, blah, 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 blah. It was, it was a trying time. And chapter four is only two pages, so we will yes. wrap this up. It will happen. But chapter four, we, we got through John. Thank you. Oh, oh, the only last thing I wanted to say about oh. chapter three was that, so we enter the day with it being dark and gloomy and the threatening, and it's at the very end of this chapter that the rain finally breaks. And oh, yeah. It's, it's like we find, we've, we've been barreling through this whole chapter in this moment and it's right. like everything just releases like right we we the reader irene the narrator we now That's know right. all the facts we right. have this is everything let right. it rain exactly exactly i love that relation between the the weather pacing along with the story like they're mm-hmm. in relation with one another i like that mm-hmm. yeah and now we're back into an interior it's like safe and mm-hmm and quiet and we're back in an interior right and we get another letter oh the letters the letters Rini, dear however am i to thank you for your visit i know you're feeling <laughs> that under the circumstances i ought not to have asked you to come or rather instead or rather insisted but if you could know how glad how excitingly happy i was to meet you and how i ache to see more of you see everybody and couldn't you would understand my wanting to see you again and maybe forgive me a little. My love to you always and always to your dear father and all my poor thanks, Claire. My and favorite thing about that whole letter. Uh-huh. Wait, finish the postscript and okay. we'll talk about the letter. And there was a postscript which said, it may be, Rini dear, it may just be that after all, your way may be wiser and infinitely happier one. I'm not, I'm not sure just now at least not so sure as I have been. See. So here's my summary of the letter. <laughs> Claire admits that meeting her husband was awkward. Mm-hmm. Ought not to ask her under the circumstances. Uh, so glad to have Irene back in her life. Aches uh-huh. to see her again. Very, the very clear use of the word aches there. Asks for forgiveness. Sends her love to everybody. She never actually apologizes for anything. Right. But she wants forgiveness. She, no, right. she she can admit she admits wrongdoing. She admits awkwardness. She can yeah. never say I'm sorry. She's, right. the, she's incapable of actually understanding another person's feelings. Yes. It's exactly. all very Claire centric. Claire knows that Claire did something wrong, but she's yep. not sorry for anything that happened to the other person. Exactly. And she's never Except sorry Claire. for the other person. She's never, never. She's only sorry for herself. And even that, I don't think she's sorry for herself ever. She just changes it up. That's it. A- again, she's never considering the other person. Mm-hmm. Never. And I do, like, reading this letter, I was asking myself, is Clara slightly embarrassed by those antics that she d- displayed with her husband? Like, I... I'm still torn between that. What is Claire slightly embarrassed that she did that? Did it not go off the way she thought it would? Did she read the room wrong? Like, I'm, I'm still questioning that. I'm just not sure. I feel like Claire knew everything that was going to happen. And I mm. think that's why she's not apologizing. I think she said all of this. Okay. Up. I think so I feel like the whole thing was a stage set by Claire. Why? I don't mm. know but I feel like she sets the stage for her friends, whether to prove how good she's, 
she is at what she does, uh, right. prove her worth in some way. Um, I don't know what get sympathy. Like there is, there's a reason, but I feel like she is creating a state. Like she is on a stage. Her life is a stage and she set this whole scene up for her audience of her friends. Specifically. I believe Irene. that too, but I'm wondering if she felt like it backfired. I just, I, I don't, don't know. You know what I mean? I don't like, I, I, I'm I one, feel like if it had backfired, I feel like she would have actually been remorseful in the letter. Oh, I feel like okay. this is just like, it is, it is, um, almost like being using your manners like she understands Mm. that um, it's like mimicking mannered behavior like she knows that she should do this but she actually doesn't know how to so she doesn't actually apologize right right um what i thought was interesting is then she's she claire um irene is ripping up and tearing up this letter and it falls into and they make a very clear to write uh a small heap on her black crepteshine lap and isn't crepteshine black crepe isn't that what you wear when you're mourning so it's also like it seemed like this oh this moment of 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 like like this is done something yeah yeah Mm, i did not pick up on that but that could make sense because she doesn't point out like claire gets a lot of her clothing pointed out and very infrequently does irene point out her that's true and the fact that she's pointing out black crepe like it's like, I, I feel like it's like this friendship's over, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I can't believe she did this to me and she can't even apologize, right? And obviously right, that's that says, not the case. The destruction <laughs> completed. She gathered them up, rose, and moved to the train's end. Huh. And she it's like she just left, like ashes. Like, she's letting yeah. go. Yeah. There's this, there's this, like, funeral of their friendship happening on this train back to her boys and her husband. Right. Like, whoop, that was that. We're, we're, we're moving on now. Yeah. Oh, boy. And then we go into part two, which we will talk about next week. <laughs> right. Now I, now, I did highlight the last part because there was that reference again about Brian, her oh, husband, yes. Irene's husband, you know, that craving for some strange place and different and then I wonder are we talking about South America are we like it's still not clear I'm still uh, guessing what this whole thing with Brian is him you know one of the things yeah have this this craving for some strange place and different so you know what she says uh well okay not so lonely that that old queer unhappy restlessness had begun again within him that craving for someplace strange and different which at the beginning of her marriage she had had to make some, such strenuous efforts to repress and which yet faintly alarmed her, though it now sprang up at gradually lessening intervals. So it's like they're trying There's to something, something brewing at but home. We don't know yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, boy. there's something brewing at home. We got to wrap this up because I got to use the ladies room before we start. Same next thing. Right. Um, so that was part one, guys, of passing. Part one. Just, just part one. Two hours. <laughs> part one. Just on part one. All right. Okay. I hope everyone enjoys the long, the long yes. stuff. Yes. So. Join us next we, week as we talk about part two. Yes. Of and follow us on Instagram at Dirty Nurseries, Book Lady Reads, TBR Lowdown. You can yes. follow us on Twitch. You can follow us here on Stereo. You can follow us 
God, where else are we? <laughs> Instagram, yes, all that good stuff. Find us everywhere. Find us um, everywhere. Everything's in our Instagram bios, and we're gonna quickly get off and get back on. <laughs> yeah, and if you're on Instagram, follow the hashtag uh, the Passing Reading Project, and you'll see all of our updates on Instagram. So, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Read passing. Bye, everyone. Read it. Bye.